Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. Uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 26, 2021. I appreciate you being with me. And of course, we're living in times we can't let ourselves become distracted. You know, we have you noticed that the market is just kind of moving along? No big, the last few days, few maybe a week or so, and no big moves up, no big moves down, but just kind of improving a little bit. It's very interesting. I think I see the market calm down. I'm, I'm worried about too much complacency, but we haven't had enough of that yet to see what really will happen. It may be that little 7% correction we had might be the only correction we're going to get before, you know, a, a, something else happens. Because, you know, we're into the three best months of the year, October, November, December. November is noted for uh, being uh, one or two bad days, bottoming, the market bottoming, move up. Well, doesn't have to happen that way every year, and it doesn't. So we'll just have to keep an eye on things. Now, on today's program, we always start out with the same thing, our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And I always tell you that I, that means that I'm going to give you the facts as we have them. Now, the facts do change. How, what do I mean? Well, the, S, the earnings always that I'm talking about in a corporation, earnings are always forward-looking. So, th- therefore, when I say that, oh, they're going to earn $8.27 a share next year, that changes. That's the estimate. It's not necessarily a fact. Okay? So... You know, you got to just be very clear, careful when you listen and when I speak. I have to be very careful and make sure I'm telling you that's an estimate and that's not, you know, that's actual earnings that came in. So I just want to make sure we all are on the same page. I try to give the, the best information I can, and that's part of our mission statement. Provide you with that information, help you, help educate you as best I can as to how the market works, how stocks move. What's what's the best thing that you should be looking for? What are the what are the market uh, uh, indicators that might push it one way or another? What are some other market cycles? All those information, uh, you know, I'm basing it based on previous information, previous years, and say, well, this is what's happened in the past. But you know, we don't have to repeat the past. We just tend to repeat the past. So that's what we're here for, to help you. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to contact me. We help you by you asking questions. You can ask any question financial. You get to push the show, direct the show, move it in the direction you want, as long as it's financial. And if you never call, and if you never have called, why not? I'm sure you have questions. Just call. There's not going to be 
Justin and I do not condemn people for asking questions. There is no question that's like, oh, that's a silly question, or that question tells him how dumb I really am. You know what? Many people listening out there don't know the answer of any of the question you're asking, no matter what question that is. They just don't want to admit it. So don't be afraid of that. Give me a call. The number's always the same, 888-99-CHART. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And if you can't call during the live show, you can always call and leave the question on what we call our voice bank. And then we play that question the next day or the day after and answer the question on the show. So let's all go ahead and get started. Here's our first listener line question. Hello, Justin or Steve. Chris from New York. I uh, just had a question on PayPal. I know it's in a downtrend and with the recent talk about them purchasing Pinterest. Okay, was that the, there was no question there. I didn't hear a question, but uh, PayPal uh, is thinking about buying Pinterest or Pinterest, and that was going to be one of my talking points as to why would they do that. PayPal is very different. They're 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 a digital digital payment system, best known for um, Venmo, right? And Pinterest provides visual discover a visual discovery platform totally different kinds of business. So why would one be interested in the other? Why would PayPal be interested in Pinterest? And the thinking initially there was the the market sold PayPal down thinking that that seems like a foolish purchase or a possible purchase. But on the other hand, the reason they might want to do this is because of the, the thinking is that they want to get deeper into a consumer daily life type thing. Okay, so if they use Pinterest, they may use PayPal because it's all internet related, getting into their person's lifestyle, I mean, and what they're interested in. And of course, any payments going back and forth, Venmo is right there for PayPal, for Pinterest clients, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I think that might be stretching it, trying to figure, find a a link that makes sense, but there's not much there. I think you're seeing the sell-off of PayPal is because people don't think there's not much link there, and they're going to spend how much money? If they're going to buy Pinterest, how much are they going to spend doing it? A lot. And that turns off investors. They don't see the, the benefit. Meanwhile, PayPal is a pretty strong company, growth-wise, stability-wise. Uh, so, I mean, it's very overpriced based on the earnings, but the earnings are going up 20% this year, 25% next year. Sales are going up 20-plus percent every quarter. It's hard to not like it, and that's why even though they're going to make $5.88 next year, the stock is selling for $243. Pretty expensive. That's PayPal. Okay. My focus point today concerns the story behind the question, could investing in climate change startups be a good idea? You know there's going to be billions upon billions upon billions of dollars poured into that. So we'll talk about that. I mean, there's going to be more money. We've already thrown billions of dollars at it. We'll be throwing more. Not just we, around the world, everybody. Other topics we may get to. Well, um, how about... I'm talking about the new home sales. We're interesting. They're better than expected. 
I want to talk about Chinese energy supply crunch. It's getting worse. We've talked about that a few weeks ago, how they were trying to, two weeks ago was it, when I mentioned that five of the largest Chinese energy companies are trying to make long-term deals with our LNG companies here, the largest being ExxonMobil, because China needs energy badly. What else do you want to talk about? Well, we, I never dig, I would like to talk about the average retirement savings by age. The average retirement, I've mentioned this in the past, but I think it's always good to remind people what what's happening out there. And did you know that U.S. oil, at the U.S. oil hub, the supplies are at record lows? We're having our own energy crisis. Maybe not a crisis, but certainly a lot less. You remember, we used to have a ton of supply, tons of extra supply, tons, 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 tons. And that's changed. Some of it is because we're using more because of the coming out of COVID uh, and we're using more than we used to. And some of it because of, you know, political differences, you know. Uh, but, you know, it has changed. We have, we have very low supplies right now. So let's talk, we'll talk about any of those things. I have some, some issues I would like to bring up to you. And I'm sure you have some comments that you want to bring up to me. What did the market do today? It was up. The Dow was up 16, the, the, the NASDAQ was up 9, and the S&P up 8. Couldn't have much more of a boring day. But I, did you notice it was the last hour? It was much better than that until the last hour, and everything sold off in that last hour. So that was interesting, I thought. But was there anything to drive the market? Well, we know we're deep in earnings season. Reports have been coming out, and there were more come out this week and next, and the numbers are very good. I think I reported to you that it was about, was it 14% or 18% better than expected on average? Something like that. And I know that the normal beat on earnings, the estimates by the experts, they normally, companies normally beat those estimates by about 4%. They always beat them. That's pretty typical. Remember, remember, Wall Street wants to guide your expectations, okay? They want to guide you to have lower expectations just before better earnings come out. Remember who Wall Street works for? They work for Wall Street. They work for themselves. They want to make money. They make more money the more interest you have in the stock market. And you have more interest if it's going up than if it's going down. They want you to put money in it. Always remember that. Have that in the back of your head. What is the motive here for Wall Street? The Wall Street quote-unquote experts. Their motive is themselves. Just remember that. I'm not saying that's a terrible thing. I'm not. I'm just saying I want you to have your eyes open. I don't want you, oh, well, they're telling me the absolute truth. Well, yeah, but they're going to slant it the best light they can. That's just what they do. Okay? So just remember that. So the market was up a little bit. Not much other than that. 888-99-CHART is my number. 888-992-4278. I hope you're telling your friends and family members about Invest Talk. And I want to thank you for your loyalty. It really does. I do really like it. I mean, I, I need to appreciate it. And I want you to know you are appreciated. So we got, you know, everybody has a portfolio to maintain, right? We all have that. 
well, probably all of us listening to the show, or or we're aiming to get a portfolio that we have to maintain. So I'm going to help you with the answers and how to do that. So ask your questions. 888-99-CHART. With inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World. This important online event is hosted by InvestTalk's Justin Klein and Steve Peasley, and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. The InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, is free, but you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. And now, Steve and Justin are ready to take your calls. 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. Uh, the question around uh, Safran, as in us, uh, as in Sweden, A as in America, Fs in France, R uh, in Russia. I'd like to get, uh, get your opinion on that. Okay, you give me the symbol S-A-F-R, and that does not come up on any of my software pieces. So um, let me see if I can find something else on it. You know, um, when something when I can't answer a question, I'm looking at information that is reported on the New York Stock Exchange, the Nasdaq. In other words, in other words, American stock exchanges. And if they're not, if a company is not followed. They won't show up anything because they have to be followed by somebody. And usually most companies, vast majority, are followed. Um, ah, Saffron. So I, they might have given me the wrong symbol because as I'm talking to you, I'm, right, I'm, do, I'm doing stuff. Hey, pretty good. I can do several things at the same time. So the symbol I have is S-A-F-R-Y. And the Y at the end of it means it's a foreign stock. So I still may not have information on the company. So, come on. Come on, software. Um, so, let me type in the new symbol. Uh, it's S-A-F-R-Y. And, okay, that's S-A-F-R-Y. Yep, still doesn't come up. So, I can't answer your question. I can't. I'm sorry. It's not traded on any of our exchanges. It's not followed by any of uh, the experts uh, that um, report on the exchanges. So, you know, it's a foreign company. What can I tell you? It's traded on a foreign exchange. I have no information. 
We're listening. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. It never ever does. And we're taking your calls live, live right now. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed. Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line 888 99 Chart. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink thinks the next thousand billion dollar startups will be in the climate technology, climate change, climate control, whatever you want to, climate technology. It's interesting. Now, remember, he's a bedrock CEO. So he thinks the, th- the next thousand billion dollar companies of startups will involve climate change in some way. Now, of course, that's because right now it's the political winds blowing that way around the world and the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank who puts out lots of money for various causes is going to be funding a lot of these startups to help third world countries, third world countries start off with clean energy in some way, shape or fashion. So there's going to be a lot of money spent, a lot of money wasted and though we will have a lot of new technology that the money will not be wasted. Just telling you that. That's going to happen. But that's what happens when you try to put, start and push a particular industry. Well, that means you're pushing an industry that you can, with enough money, will be somewhat successful in finding solutions, but you're going to be, there's going to be a lot of misfires. Because there always is. Many companies go out of business. So just expect it. It's not neither bad nor good, and maybe they'll come up with some great solutions. That'd be great. No problem here with me. I like that they are market-driven. I want that, be market-driven. But you know, governments, when they start pushing one thing or another, they usually waste a lot of money. They'll put money into things that have no chance of being success. <laughs> but, but, you know, there will be winners. There will be. What I find very, the most interesting thing about this interview with Larry Flint, the CEO of Chairman of BlackRock, right, is that he believes that's where the big money's going to go. And that's where, you know, you got to be invested in somewhere in that, that, that area. But to get to the net zero carbon emissions by 2050, which a lot of countries say they're going to, he's not, even though that's true, BlackRock is not divesting itself of any of the energy companies they own right now, which means, you know, gas and oil. No, they're keeping all that. Because this this is a process, people, that take decades. Not a few years, decades. Decades. Very interesting stuff. Very interesting. To me, it is. I don't know about you, but I hope it was. Okay, you're listening to Vest Talk, and of course, I'm Steve Peasley. And we like to, you know... 
we'd like you to give us a review. And those people on, on Apple, you know, the show, the podcast, we want to know what you think. And you can call right now with live calls, 888-99-CHART. But if you do call, if you do review us, uh, review the podcast at on Apple, we like to, you know, reward those people. We really do. So, um, when, so here's a, here's a call that came in. Well, here's a question that came in. Uh, let's see. And we like to think, uh, a dice, dice draw, IIPR had a question about IIPR. I've held it for quite a while and it has done great for me based on the technicals. Is this something I should continue to hold or start trimming? Technicals meaning he wants me to look at a chart. Fundamentals means you want me to look at the earnings, sales, profit margins, those kinds of things. Return on equity, return on assets, that kind of thing. But when you say technicals, he's telling me, I want to take a look at the chart and see what you think I should do based on what's happening in the chart. Based on the chart, I'd be just holding the darn thing. There's no reason to sell this. It's at a new 52-week high. It had made four or five new 52-week high, four or five days in a row. New 52-week highs, four or five days in a row, not today. So when you have a breakout like that, you just hold on to it. From a chart point of view, just hold on to it. If you want to, you know, if you're a little nervous, you might, you know, run a trend line. If it breaks down below the trend line, that could be an excuse to trim or sell. But as long as it's in that upward trend, you ride the horse as long as you can ride it. The horse will get tired. It will stop. You know, so, but while it's riding, while it's running, you run with it. Thanks for the question. By the way, that's Innovative in, uh, Industries uh, Properties. It's a retargeted acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. That's what it is. Okay. Now, it seems that almost everyone needs credit card to conduct business in today's world, but credit cards are a relatively new convenience. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. When was the first widely used credit card introduced? And as of 2019, what was the approximate amount of spending in the U.S. using credit card or debit cards? After the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open and I encourage you to invest. I encourage you to give me questions, any investment questions you have. 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk 888-99 Chart. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love. You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, 
You can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I gave you my trivia question. When was the first widely used credit card introduced and as of 2019, what was the approximate amount of spending in the U.S. using credit card or debit cards? So what was the first one? Now, according to uh, Britannica.com, the first universal credit card, which I did not remember, should have, but I did not, and it's not Visa, it's not American Express, it's not, you know, uh, any of the any of those, uh, it's the diners, it's the answer, it's the diners club. The Diners Club card was introduced in 1950. Now, have you seen one? You won't, because they don't issue them to consumers. They're still around, but consumers don't get it. You got it's corporate cards only, and not just small business either. I don't know why they do it that way, but they do. 
Now, another major credit card of this type, known as Travel Entertainment Cards, was established by the American Express Company in 1958. People Now, how much money did people spend? How much? People in the U.S. spent $6.7 trillion through credit cards and debit cards in 2019. That's 88% up from 10 years ago, 2009. 88% higher. That's pretty, that's a lot of money. Now, of those transactions, 60% were made on Visa cards. Visa has grown to be one of the world's largest, the most, one of the most, world's most valuable car companies and the most widely used, obviously. Visa has an approximate market valuation, market cap of $491 billion. $491 billion. Now, of course, Apple is over a trillion, but, you know, think about that. You know, it's a credit card issuer. The card, they're, 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 by the way, their stock has been up over 170%, 170% in the last five years. So if you just bought it five years ago and just held on to it, you'd be up 170%. Why? Earnings always matters. Visa consistently earns more money as people keep using the credit card. Yes, they'll go down during recessions, yes, and all that kind of thing, but... Over time, they'll be fine. Earnings, stability, that matters a great deal to the marketplace. Okay, we have a little call, a live call, Sammy in San Francisco. How you doing, Sammy? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. I just Thank had you. a quick question. Um, how? What's the best price entry for SYK? When is a good time for me to go ahead and dump in my funds or my money into that stock market. Okay, SYK, Stryker. Okay, that's a medical thing, company. Medical products. Develops orthopedic implants, surgical instruments, imaging systems, operating room, emergency equipment. $103 billion company. It's a very good company. Sales have been really well. Up 55% in the most recent quarter. Okay, they still haven't, they haven't, we haven't got their third quarter report results in yet. But they're going to make ten dollars and forty-three cents. That's the estimate for next year to two hundred seventy-three dollars stock. So that tells you immediately it's a twenty-seven PE, and the range is fifteen to thirty-three in the last five years. Very good return on equity, twenty-two percent. There's not much bad you could say about this company, but you want an entry point. What would be a good buy point? Well, it's kind of going sideways the last couple three months. And the high of that sideways movement is about $281. The low is about 256 So about the mid-250s would be the best entry point you could get, uh, I think, in this market that we're dealing with. Um, if it breaks above 281 my suggestion would be just buy it and just bite your teeth and just do it. Bite your tongue and just do it. But if it pulls back to around the two, mid-250s, 255, 56, 57, I just buy it. That's where I enter. Okay, call. Thank you, Sammy. Good, great company. Striker. It's a really a good company. Good, well-run company, everybody. Okay, uh, Dan in San Diego. Hi, Dan. Hi, Steve. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. Um, I, I was asking about ship. S. H-I-P. They okay. own a bunch of big ships. 
and uh, it seems like uh, it, it took a spike. I have a small position, about a half a position in it, and it spiked up, and now it's drifting back down. But I'm just wondering what your future view, what numbers you have for the next year or so. Okay. This is the Energy Maritime Holdings, uh, engaged in transportation of dry bulk cargoes through the ownership and operation of 11 dry bulk carriers. It's not a, it's a really small company. That's where your risk comes in because it's so small. Okay. Um, right. 180, $182 million company. That's really, really, really tiny. Sales are jumping up 53% in the March quarter, 208% growth in sales in the most recent quarter. They haven't reported the third quarter yet. We haven't got their numbers. The stock is going to make 41 cents a share next year. And it's a dollar six stock. This is a very speculative stock, but I think you have a real shot, real shot at five dollars to eight dollars a share. I, I oh, think that's I, where it's going to go. I really do. So, um, it, but just time, remember, huh? it's very speculative. Okay. Right. But thank you very I, much, Steve. Oh, appreciate oh, another thing, real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm the one that's been having trouble getting through, but I yes. talked to your producer and he said they're aware of it. And I think what might be part of the problem is I had my phone number, you know, so you couldn't see it. Ah, I blocked. changed it today to where you can see it. I, I wonder if that might have an effect That has, on it. probably anyway. does. Be, yeah. We have our system set up to track the phone number of people calling and sometimes. Oh, okay. So it might be that. All right. Appreciate all those notes. Oh, I did see them. Don't think I didn't read them. I did, and I kept yep. trying to figure out okay. what was wrong. Appreciate the call, Dan. Right. Thank you. Well, that that might have been the issue. Might have been. Yeah. I'll remember that. Thanks, so, Dan. Yeah. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, on almost every podcast, I like to reserve a minute or two to remind listeners about some of the benefits of our firm, Client Pavlis Peasley, Justin Klein, and I are the owners of the company. We run it in our Irvine, California offices in Southern California. That's between L.A. and San Diego counties, okay? Um, so how do we implement our philosophies, you know, which is independent thinking and shared success? How do we do that? Well, we try to provide the best information we can, and we all do it with any, without any bias, one way or another. We try to be as straight and forward as possible. But probably one of the more compelling reasons you might want to consider us is our philosophy on parallel investing, meaning we buy the same things for ourselves as our clients. Same price, same time. We buy and sell. So if we sell something for you, we sell it for ourselves. We buy something for you, we buy it for ourselves. And we have like five different programs, various risk levels and all those things, and we try to we try to get some sense of where you would like to be. And maybe we can't help you. That's okay. You know, we can't help everybody. Maybe you just want some information. That's okay, too. We're okay with that. Over the years, we've been providing free information for anybody who asks. If they want us to take us to take a look at their portfolio, we do it with no charge, no obligation. And we find you know, a lot of money managers will do that. Registered investment advisors will do that. But we mean it. We'll just point out what we think you should or should not do based on your risk tolerance. How much risk you want to take. And that doesn't mean you have to hire us either. It just means that, you know, you're taking too much or too little and you should make some changes and 
you know, if you want some guidance, we'll help you. We'll help you. We want to help you. We like helping people. So if you want to call us, send us your portfolio. Be happy to look at it. Okay? So 888-99-CHARTER is our number. Remember, you can go to our vesttalk.com website or, yeah, the vesttalk.com and click on the contact us and send me an email. And we will get back to you. So let's go back to our voice bank for the next caller. Hey, guys. It's Austin from Atlanta. I just had a simple question about how best to analyze an ETF to decide whether or not to buy. I get some of the ratios you want to look at for individual companies, but some of them don't directly apply. So I'm wondering what translates and what doesn't into analyzing an ETF. Would love to hear you guys answer. Um, Look forward to it. Bye. Okay, there's so many ETFs out there now. I mean, what, like eight, 900 of them and more coming out all the time. Uh, first, you know, there's different ways to analyze them, different ways. If you are just talking about, you know, I want a particular sector ETF, then you analyze sectors and understand sector rotation and uh, how that's attached to the economic cycle versus the stock market cycle and what sectors work, how well they work in different parts of the economic cycle. And therefore, you have to understand what part of the economic cycle you're in and then look for the sectors that benefit, that kind of thing, that kind of research. Then there's ETFs that might be in a particular uh, uh, sphere, like high tech or, or commodities or <coughs> dividend-paying ETFs. And so you got to start comparing those ETFs with their peer group, just like you do with mutual funds. And you're looking for the ones that have the best performance with the least amount of volatility uh, in the area that you're looking. It's, it's not like investing, it's not, it's not like analyzing individual stocks, okay? But you do really kind of want to know what the top holdings of the various ETFs, and you could look at those stocks to make sure their philosophy matches what you, your philosophy. For instance, you know, you know ours, we like to buy companies that make money. We don't like to overpay. We are a value plus growth investor. We want value, but we don't want to overpay for it. So we wouldn't buy an ETF that did something different than that. So what's your philosophy that you need to apply to things you own? That kind of way. It's not that simple. It's not. There's no simple answer. Do this. Depends on you. Depends on how you want to use ETFs and whether or not you're going to you know, if you you could buy an ETF, the S and P five hundred, and just ignore it for the next thirty years, and you'll be fine. You'll do well. You will. Okay. Appreciate the call, though. For the question, I really do. Okay. By the way, new home sales came out today for September. Eight hundred thousand of them were sold. They expected seven hundred sixty thousand, and the month before, August, it was uh, seven hundred two thousand. So it was a pretty good new home sales report. Okay, so housing is that's still healthy. It's not crazy like it used to be. You don't get 20, 30 bids on each house that goes up for sale these days, but it's still a healthy market out there. Um, China, energy supply, they're having a huge energy supply crunch. Okay, which, of course, is adding to the disruption of supply chain around the world. But they're opening up old coal mines they had shut, and they're opening 70 new coal mines. Remember, they are part of the clean energy, world clean energy effort, and they're backing away from that. 
that they need the energy. And they're going to get it. So um, they're going to get it through coal. And, of course, that's extremely dirty, and we all know that. Okay? And China, by the way, is the only country that, only country that increased its fossil fuel pollution from 2020 to 2021. The only one that increases it. So they're pretty much abandoning their, their efforts to attempt to curtail pollution for the time being. So that's just it. By the way, two-thirds of China's electricity is produced by coal. Two-thirds. Okay, think about this. If we're going to go to electric vehicles, and China's going to go to electric vehicles, and they already produce two-thirds of their electricity by coal, and they already have a shortage, um, where are they going to get that energy to charge their cars? And just as a side note, China has 49 nuclear power plants in use right now. 49. They are third in the number of nuclear power plants. Who do you think is first and second? What country? It's a first world country. What's interesting is I asked this question in the office today, and three of my workers couldn't guess the next two. They are France and the United States. China has 100, 100 of them on the drawing board and 17 nuclear power plants under construction right now. I don't see how we can get away from nuclear power. More and more reliant. I, I just don't see how. I'm not trying to say that's from a political point of view. I'm saying from a economic, a, a world clean energy, zero emissions effort going around that is really a big push. How are you going to get there without nuclear power? Now, there, I know people say, well, we got wind, we got solar. That's a fraction. They'll never, ever, that'll never, ever produce what you need, no matter how much you build. And it's super expensive. You know, nuclear power is super cheap. Yes, I know the problems. I Don't get me wrong. I know those got to be addressed. But anyways, just letting you know. This is Invest.com. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Now is a good time to call Invest Talk. I had a question about the stock LRLC. What's your question? 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways, and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Jesse from New Hampshire. I had a question on Schwab the Bank, ticker symbol S. 
CHW. I just wanted to know your guys' thoughts where they're not mentioned as much as some of the other bigger banks out there. Thanks. Look forward to hearing and uh, take care. Bye. Yeah, it's not one of the bigger banks, but it is $150 billion in size, so that's a huge bank. So don't think it's a small bank. It's not. Schwab, Charles Schwab Corporation. Schwab provides brokerage, banking, and financial services via 360 branches in 48 states. And they're going to get a lot bigger because they bought TD Ameritrade a couple of years ago, and they still haven't combined them yet, but that's in the process. So it made a new 52-week high the last two or three days. Not today. It fell off just a tad today. They're going to make $3.63 next year. It's an $83 stock. So, you know, that tells you, the, you know, it's what, about 26, 27 PE or so, somewhere in that range. Sales have really skyrocketed the last four quarters between 54% and 85% a quarter. And it's been growing from 54, 75, 82, and 85. Up, 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 up in those last four quarters. So it's really healthy. And I don't think it's going to fall. I mean, let me rephrase it. The price of stock could come down. But I don't think anything else is, there's nothing wrong with it. Very good return on equity, 24%. Management owns 11%. Funds own 46%. Funds are buying. 200 more funds own it now than it did a year ago. That means 2,469 funds now. So, you know, it's, it's a very strong, very healthy bank. Schwab, S-C-H-W. Danny, uh, he did an iTunes uh, rating of us, and he had a question. What do you guys think of the ticker symbol CBAY? Thank you, and keep the show. It's the best. Well, appreciate that. Thank you. CBAY is a very small company. You know, uh, Danny, I need to tell you this. Do not buy companies that don't make money. Okay, Simbay Therapeutics, Inc. I've heard so over the years, for 20, 30 years, 40 years now, all these companies, these, these medical, biotech, biomedical startups, they're going to develop. It's a story stock. going to develop the next cure for cancer. Oh, we're going to cure this and cure that. Well, develops therapeutics used to treat metabolic and rare diseases. They never made money in the many years they've been around. They've lost money every year. They're going to lose $1.07 next year after losing $0.74 cents last year. And next year, they're going to lose $1.39 per share. How much sales do they do? Zero. Yeah. They don't have hardly anything in any sales. Their cash flow is negative two ten, 72 cents a share. It's a $3.81 stock. My personal belief, it, it shouldn't be more than just a few pennies at most. I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't buy it with monopoly money. I wouldn't buy it at all. Buy companies that make money. If you can just stick with that rule, people, you'll be a lot better off in the long run. Okay? Buy, this is what it's called a story stock. They have a great story, and then people pass the story around, but they're not a real company until they have good sales and profits. They're not, they're, they're, they don't even have any hope of profits. Not even hope. So why would you want to own it? Okay, next one. Uh, I'm hoping that you guys can take a look at Loan Depot. LDI is a symbol. LDI. And advise of your thoughts on holding this company. It's a $2 billion company. They do have sales and they do have profits. 
They make a dollar eighty-three. Uh, they're going to make a dollar eighty-three next year after a dollar eighty-five this year. So um, their sales are going down. Uh, the sales are going down. They they shrank thirty percent in the most recent quarter. And that's just it, that's just this last quarter. So uh, I, I it's it's only six dollars sixty-six cents stock. It's cheap based on sales, but I would concern me why why are sales going down? I take a look. I'm Steve Peasley. This completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast. You can download it from Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and you can review us on iTunes if you like. We would like you to do that. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.